Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a stroll through the enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens, adorned with lighted trees and displays on our half-mile paved trail with 500,000 sparkling lights at Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights in Vienna, Virginia. Get to Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at winterwalkoflights.com. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Jesus is my only option. Any folk in here that say Jesus is your only option, I, I ain't even got no other options. Couldn't go back to it if I wanted to go back to it. Cause, Hallelujah. Good morning, Harvest. Are y'all ready to get into the word? We welcome those at every campus. I'm so excited to minister this word to you today. We are in our series through the valley. Y'all good? Oh, they was just staying hound if you get hyped. No, I'm going to bring y'all back. I want to sing that again at the end. And I'm going to lead it. We're going to get crunk. And if y'all sit there looking like y'all was baptized in pickle juice, I'd tip, I'm, I'm just not the one for that. I like that. That's my new favorite. So that and it's working. Y'all could sing them too all the time, and I'd be fine. I don't care how they think about it. I'd just sing them too. Amen. Good morning, Harvest. Are y'all ready to get into the Word of God? You know we're in our series, Through the Valley. Uh, have you been enjoying this series so far? We're going to take it another further. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together as everyone stands with me. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. Remain standing, if you would, go to Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3. We are in our series, Through the Valley. And I am uh, excited about this particular message. I'm excited about every time I get before you to minister because I'm not ministering some warmed-over message I bought out the Christian bookstore. This is fresh. Somebody say, this is fresh. Two words in the Greek for the word of God. The first logos, the logic of God, the written word of God. But the second rhema, which just means what God is speaking right now to you in this very moment. Say, this is rhema. Uh, in, in other words, in church talk, this is a right now word. Say, it's a right now word. Say it again. Say, it's a right now word. Joel chapter 3, verse 14. One verse we're going to look at. It says, multitudes, multitudes. <laughs> Because David said, that might be us. In the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near 
in the valley of decision. Just, 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 let's read it again. Multitudes, multitudes. He says it's a lot of folk that are in the valley of what in the world am I going to do? Okay, it's, it's quiet in this church. It, it says it's a lot of folk that are in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Father, speak to us now. All of those of us that may be in this place called the valley of decision, give us wisdom, give us guidance. I decrease that you might increase. Speak now, Father, through me. I decrease now that you would speak clearly to your people. Tailor make this message as if each individual would hear it and believe that somehow you've had cameras or you've had surveillance equipment watching them. Speak now the answers. People came in here saying, God, I know it's you if the preacher says this. Well, God, today I declare that what they need to hear, they're going to hear. God, if I had a church in here, I said that what they need to hear, they are going to hear. Speak through me. Answer every question. I declare that nobody's going to walk out of here confused. Nobody's going to walk out of here not knowing what to do as we conquer another valley, as we walk through the valley. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Before you take your seats, I want you to just take the step we've been taking every week in the series that you're stepping out the valley. Yeah, uh -huh, uh -huh. And when you step out, shout that you're stepping out. Shout that you're stepping out. You can be seated. Let's get into the word today. The name of this valley, the valley of decision, say the valley of decision. It wasn't a literal place, but it was a figurative name given to a time when people who make themselves enemies to God's people meet their determined doom. You missed what I said because you started off thinking this was a valley about making decisions. Watch this. The valley of decision is a figurative name given to a time in your life when people who have made themselves your enemies and enemies to God's people meet their determined doom. I'm going to say it again because you still haven't heard what I've said. Now, maybe you haven't heard me because you ain't got no enemies. But is it anybody in here that you say you got some enemies? And you might say, Bishop, well, I don't have any people that are enemies. Well, enemies aren't limited to people. An enemy is a noun. It's a person, place, thing, or idea that opposes your forward progress, which means now the valley of decision is when God says, I'm going to speak to every noun that's been opposing your forward progress. Every person, place, thing, or idea that's been trying to hold you back and hold you down. Some of the valley is in your mind because you keep talking yourself out of the great things that God has ordained for you. But God says in the valley of decision, I make a decision to let your stuff have it. In other words, this is a valley now where God says, I'm going to deal with the stuff that's been dealing with you. Are y'all not here? God says he's going to deal with the stuff that's been dealing and messing with you. But touch your neighbor and say, but wait, there's more. In the biblical commentaries, the word decision here can also be translated as the word concision. Concision. Now, uh, concision, you will recognize from the word concise. L listen, this is going to blow your mind. It means short, brief, but clear, or covering a lot through a few words. L let me give you an example of concision. Now, you could say, I don't know why so-and-so is so dishonest. And I don't know why so-and-so is so deceitful. And I don't know. Okay, so you see all those words? Concision says they a lie. Whatever. You, 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 you have been sitting up trying to use a lot of words to explain stuff to folk. And then all of a sudden you just said, you know what? Here's the best way I can say it. They, they just lie. 
You ever been trying to explain what you're feeling? And you start saying, well, you know, I kind of feel like this, and I kind of feel like that, and I kind of feel like that. And then all of a sudden, you just get to the point, you say, I don't know what I feel. Concise means, watch this now, it means short, brief, but clear, covering a lot in a few words. Now, now check this out. Check this out. I want you to get this. When we peek into the Hebrew definition of this word decision, say decision, it reveals that this specific valley does even more. So not only is it a valley where God says he brings now uh, judgment to those who have made themselves enemies to God's people. Judgment is correction by force. But it's now also a valley where God says I'm going to cover uh, a lot through a few words. In other words, God says through a short period of time I'm going to get a lot of work done. Because there's some of you where it's been taking you 20 years to do what should have took you 20 minutes. So God says, I got a valley of decision that's going to help you get there a little faster. God, I wish I had some people that spoke the King's English in Denver. Jesus Christ. Uh, what I'm trying to get you to understand is God says, uh, I don't have to take 30 years to get you to where you're trying to go. Through a valley called decision, I can cover a lot of territory and use a little time. And I can get a lot handled through a few words. Okay, so, 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 but look at this, but look at this, but, but there's more, yeah, because when we look at the Hebrew definition of the word, it is the Hebrew word sharutz. It, it, it almost kind of looks like when you see it spelled out, kind of like bratwurst. It, it looks like sharutz. Listen, listen, listen what it means. It means decision. Say decision. It means diligent. It's the word diligent means taking great care of. So it's a valley that's taking great care of something. It means, listen to this, the Hebrew word, valley of decision, decision. It means pointed things. I'm going to mess with your mind a little bit. It means sharp things. Valley of decision, valley of sharp things, valley of pointed things, valley that's taking great care of something. In fact, it even means this word threshing. Say it with me, threshing. Now, threshing may not mean very much to you uh, because we don't live in an agri agricultural society. But if we did, the word threshing is the process they would, they would go through in separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, the chaff was what the wheat grew in, uh, but it wasn't edible. And if you tried to eat the chaff, whatever ate the chaff would have a hard time digesting it because the chaff was just processed. It wasn't supposed to remain after promise. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Matter of fact, can I show you what it looks like? Here's a picture of what wheat looks like. Wheat from chaff. Here's a picture of what it looks like. Wheat from chaff. It looks just like this. There it is. Uh-huh. See, see, the wheat's in the middle, but the chaff is right there. Notice how the chaff is bigger than the wheat, but you can't eat the chaff. You can only eat the wheat. You're not getting what I'm saying. God has had to take your neighbor through some stuff that looked bigger than them and take them through some stuff that the truth is, is had they let the bitterness of what they went through get into them, it would have towed them up and messed them up. But God says, I got a process called threshing. Threshing is where God shakes it so that the wheat is separated from the chaff. I, I think there's at least a hundred of y'all in here that say, I've been through some threshing before in my life where I I've had to get shaken and everything that could be shaken got shook but I still am standing so look at this look at this look at this say threshing but, but watch this it has another definition now listen listen valley of decision decision in Hebrew decision diligent pointed things sharp things 
Threshing. But then look at this next definition. It means wall. See, that's why I love, that's, that's, that's why I love studying the Hebrew and the Greek because, because you, you realize that there's much more that's being said than what's being said. Say wall. wall. Now, how we get from sharp pointed things to a wall? <laughs> what? Doesn't you have to say what? <laughs> like for real, huh? And then look, but then look at this last one. Fine gold. How we get from sharp pointed things to threshing, to a wall, to diligent, to fine gold. Okay, in other words, let me make it real simple for your neighbor because your neighbor, you know, this to help him out. In other words, the valley of decision, listen very carefully, and you're going to have to get the tape for the, or the CD for this. It's a short, brief valley where God takes great care to cover a lot through a few words while pointed and sharp things separate the chaff from the wheat while the wall keeps you from running from it and you come out as fine as gold. Ain't nobody here? Y'all don't, y'all don't, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna get an English speaking church. I didn't know I was in a, y'all should have told me. Don't nobody taught me Korean before I got here. I'm gonna say it again. Say the valley of decision. The valley of decision is a short, brief valley, which means trouble ain't going to last always, baby. This thing is just about over, because it's a, it's a short, brief valley where God takes great care to cover a lot through a few words. That's why some of you say he ain't saying nothing, because God says, when I said that one thing, I said a lot. God said, it ain't going to take a big old conversation to fix this. This one, either you're going to do it or you're going to die. And I think of some folk in here that said, I've spent enough of my days dying. I'm ready to do. Is there any doers in the house? That... Listen, listen. He takes great care to cover a lot through a few words while pointed and sharp things. That's the pain you've been going through. That's how one morning you just woke up and all of a sudden hell broke loose. And by the next day, you didn't even have time to be in pain about the hell that broke loose the day before. Because it's pointed and sharp things. That's all right. Preach, Bishop. I'll preach. Watch this. Separate the chaff from the wheat while the wall, say the wall keeps you from running from it. That's why there's some stuff that you just said, well, I hope I ain't got to deal with this tomorrow. And when you woke up, God said, oh, no, you're going to deal with this today. Have you ever had God throw something in your face and say, no, we're going to have a conversation about this today. I got a wall back there, so you can't even run from me. And if you try to run, you can run, but you can't hide. And you come out as fine as gold. Look at your neighbor say, you're looking kind of fine. Look kind of fine. Right, don't be starting it in church. Don't be starting it in church. But see, what's this? There are three young men, if y'all will help me preach this. There are three young men that know about this valley of decision that I've taught on before, but we got to talk about them again. Uh, their valley shows up in the form of a fiery furnace. You know the three young men I'm talking about. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and that, ba I mean, and Abednego. Now watch this, watch this. For my note takers, I got some notes for you. You ready? I got some points for you. Uh, uh, there's five points. Say five. Y'all can be familiar with that in Denver. Five. Okay, watch this. Uh, watch this. Watch this. Here's the deal. Here's the thing about the valley decision. The first thing you need to understand, often this valley starts before it officially starts. <laughs> I said often this valley starts before it officially starts. Now, the book of Daniel, we didn't look at that in our scripture today, and, and, and we're not going to flip there. You can do it in your own time. But the book of Daniel has many characters. Say characters. 
But there are four young men that are Hebrews that were taken into Babylonian captivity. Babylon uh, was just a nation that rose up against the children of Israel, against the Hebrews. Now watch this. Uh, these four young men, believe it or not, were friends. Now in the narrative that it's often taught and presented, people only know about Daniel and then the other three. But the truth is, is all four of them were friends. Say they were friends. These four young men were friends. Check this out. If you read the entire book of Daniel, you'll discover that Daniel ensured that he surrounded himself with people of excellence. Because these four young men, the Bible says, it almost suggests that they were roommates. It, it, it suggests that they did stuff together. Uh, in other words, Daniel said, because I'm going somewhere, I don't have no time to have folk around me that don't want to go nowhere. You got to be crazy asking somebody that ain't never been nowhere how to get somewhere. You, 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 you must be smoking dope and drinking Drano at the same time because Daniel said, I need some men around me that want to be somebody. I need some men around me that aren't perfect, but they trying. I need some men around me that say, I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And some of you, that's the reason you keep going through hell is because God says, I'm trying to shake the losers from around you but you keep holding on the folk that ain't going nowhere how about somebody say if you're not going nowhere get away from me get away I spend enough of my days wasting them on people that don't want to accomplish nothing I spend enough of my time I'm so sick and tired of wasting time on folk that don't want to be nothing but average spent my last day doing that yesterday what's this these four men were friends. And you say, Bishop, how do you know they were men of excellence? Because the Bible says that Daniel was a man of excellence that distinguished himself above the other people. Say excellence. Average is easy because everybody's doing it. Let me tell you how I know you're not average because you're here. And I know who I am. I I'm not confused about me. And since I know who I am, if God sent you to me, that tells me that you must be somebody. That, that tells me that you must be going somewhere. Now check this out. The four young men, you know their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Belshazzar, which is what Daniel's Hebrew, or excuse me, Babylonian name was. But, 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 but what happened is, is the Babylonians, when they took the Hebrews into captivity, they changed their names because they thought if we can change their names, we'll get them confused about who they are. The first thing when you're trying to enslave a people is to change their names because when you change their names, you change what they are called. That's why names were a big deal in the Bible. You didn't just name your kid Mercedes because you saw a Mercedes driving down the street. Ain't done against Mercedes. It's a nice car and that's a nice name if that's your name. I'm just making a point. Did you even look it up before you tamed your child that? A shinkashay. What's an a shinkashay? What is that? And ain't nothing against a shinkashay if that's your name. I'm just saying, do you know what it means? They did not just name their children these random names because, and we welcome all the overflows. From what I understand, everywhere is full. We welcome everybody that's here today. But watch this. Oh, you ought to shout for Jesus. But I got to preach. I just wanted to let everybody know, hey. Bishop C. Here's the point. Watch this, y'all. Watch this. There's a man in the Bible. His name was Jabez. His mama named him after the tough experience she went through. Uh, she had pain while she was conceiving him. See, some of y'all are still dealing with the stuff your mama was dealing with while she was pregnant with you. 
And you've been spending all your life dealing with her demons and she gone and moved on and got had two husbands after that one. And she named her son Jabez, which meant pain, which meant every time she called his name, she was saying, hey, pain, hey, pain, hey, pain. And then one day Jabez said, I'm sick of that being my name because that name doesn't define who I am in God. It may have defined who I was in the flesh, but it does not define who I am in God. So he prayed, oh, Lord, that you would enlarge me, enlarge my territory. He said, I'm sick of being pain. I'm sick of causing pain for people. Question, what bad experience did you have that makes you a bad experience for other people? I feel like teaching a little bit today. Can I help your neighbor? So they changed their names because they said, we're going to mess up who they are. Because if a chicken thinks it's a cow, a chicken will walk around mooing and wonder why the other chickens aren't adjusting to its stupidity as a chicken. See, just because you lie don't mean everybody lie. Just because you steal don't mean everybody steal. So watch this, watch this, watch this. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Belshazzar. Now, Shadrach means, his, his, his original name, say his Hebrew name, was Hananiah, which meant God is gracious. Meshach's Hebrew name was Mishael, which meant provision. Bishop, what is provision? Provision is when you got a vision, it gets provided for. Provision. You hear what I'm saying? Abednego, his Hebrew name was Azariah, which means favored by God. Belshazzar, his Hebrew name was Daniel, which means God is the judge. Question, why were these young men named after, check this out, not just Babylonians, but Babylonian gods? These four names, are you still here? These four names were the names of not just Babylonians, but they were Babylonian gods. Well, why would they go through great trouble to name them after something they worshipped? I'm going to help your neighbor because your neighbor just thinks they're a little low somebody. But, but the bishop showed up today to let them know you're greater than you knew you were. You, you got more strength than you knew you had. You got more. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Even their enemies realized that there was something great about them. So they named them after something that they worship. What is it about you that the enemy knows that you haven't yet learned about yourself? You must be somebody to have been through all the hell that you've been through and you're still standing. Your enemies fear you far more than you could ever fear them. The Babylonians were so scared of these four young men that they named them after gods that they worshipped. You sitting up here talking about, oh, I'm scared of this, I'm scared of this, I'm scared of this. What about this? And the truth is, your enemy is frightened. They're shaking in their boots because they know if you get this word and you start figuring out who you are, they know that they're going to be on the run. So the world tried to change their names to change their identity. We see the opposite. God does this throughout the scriptures to reverse the curse. Uh, we see Moses naming his son Joshua. He changes his name uh, so that his name went from God is salvation to God has saved. We see this uh, happen throughout the scriptures where uh, God would assign people to men of God. And those men of God would then change their names because in changing their names, they were changing their confession. You see this happen in Genesis uh, when it's dealing with Abraham. You know him as Abraham, but that's not his original name. His original name was Abram. They said, Bishop, what's the significance of the difference with the H? The H is very significant because in the Hebrew language, adding the H literally went from just your name to your name in covenant with Jehovah. 
your name in covenant with God. So watch this. God says, listen, Sarah, don't call him Abram no more because all you're doing is saying something I might be able to do. But when you look at him and call him Abraham, you're going to be telling him what I am doing. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So every time Sarah called over to Abraham, she was reminding God of God's promise to him. And he was reminding Abram of God's promise to him. What you hear often, you believe. If you hear you're great often, you're going to start walking around saying, I'm, I'm all right, I'm good. But if you hear you're stupid and you're a failure, you're a mistake and you're this and you're that, then all of a sudden you're going to start believing that. Parents, that's why it is so important that your children, even when they act in dumbest, it's so important. Oh, yeah, whatever, I'll I preach to them because y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Uh, that when your children are acting like Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger and Chucky, that you still speak life into them because whatever they hear is what they're going to eventually believe. I know your children aren't serving the Lord now, but when you see them, say, you're a mighty man of valor. You're a strong young woman. You ain't no statistic. You're a curse breaker because every time I speak it into them, they'll believe it. Watch this. Watch this. Here it is. Here it is. The world tried to get them to change their name. Babylon. Say Babylon. Babylon. Say it again. Say Babylon. Babylon. Now, now check this out. That's, that's why. Somebody said, Bishop, well, what's my new name? What, what's my new name? That's why when you become a Christian, that process is called being born again. When you are born again, that means you are born into a new family. And that means you get a new family name. You hear what I said? Which means when you gave your life to Jesus, you were no longer jacked up Joey. You were no longer, uh, shall we say, promiscuous Pammy. I'm just, I'm just trying to get stuff to just rhymes, okay? Don't start that with me. <laughs> see, I got a new name. Uh, see, when you were born again, God says, let me change your name. Because your current name is insufficient for what I've ordained for you to do. And your name as it was won't get you access into the places that I have ordained. What, what's this? What, what, what's this? What's this? Y'all still here? Now check this out. Check this out. The first decision they made, the, these, these four men, but particularly the three we're going to talk about today, was not to be an average Babylonian. And that's what made the valley start before it officially started. I'm going to help your neighbor understand something. You have clearly made the decision in life not to be average. Bishop, how do you know? You showing up today is proof of that. You watching online, it's proof of that. Now, now, now check this out. Somebody said, well, Bishop, what's so wrong with Babylon? Well, see, again, you got to know what it means. Babylon means confusion. Average. Let, let me make it real plain. A mess. Loser, screw up, failure, bound by the past. Let, let me make it real plain for you. A slave trying to act free. Say, I've made a decision. That's why that song was so appropriate. Say, I've made a decision. Say, average is no longer okay for me. Slave mentality. It's no longer okay for me. Let, let me make it more personal. Broke is no longer okay for me. Dysfunction is no longer okay for me. I've made a decision. But shout, but that decision attracts critics. 
When these three young men, and four in particular, but the three we're going to look at in the story today, when they made a decision to not be average, when they made a decision that while everybody else's students is having sex, they said, no, I'm worth more than that. You might be worth uh, two items off the dollar menu, but you're going to have to do... You're going to have to do more than that, player, if you're thinking you... I nobody everybody else is getting high, but if you think that I'm gonna drop myself, I did it when I didn't know that it was wrong. But now that I know Jesus, I've found a high that I just can't get. No, who am I preaching to? You may miss church because you're talking about <laughs> I'm sick, but that ain't me. Oh. What was this? Say, I've made a decision. But when these young men made the decision, they said, we're going to be excellent. They said, we talk different. We walk different. We act different. They said, we got the courage to be different. And our different is the different you really ought to be seeking. Because what you don't understand is you the one that's messed up. They got critics. Say critics. Critics. They got a lot of critics, in fact. Uh, 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 Matter of fact, uh, whenever you make a decision... To be greater than your bloodline, you're going to attract critics from your bloodline. You know what? They have a name for that. They have a name for that in pseudo-psychology. It's called crab in a bucket syndrome. The crab in a bucket syndrome says, if I can't go for it, then neither will you. In fact, I got a video to show you exactly what it looks like. Play the video. Now, he's trying to get free from his past. He's trying to get free from his yesterday. But his bloodline is saying, you ain't going nowhere. Because if we can't make it, neither are you. But I think it's a few of y'all in this place that say, I refuse to be bound by my past. I refuse to be bound by my yesterday. You may not want to go nowhere, but watch me go somewhere. He's trying to get free, y'all. And they hold on to him until he's paralyzed. And he says, I just won't try no more. Oh, but you came to the right place today. I said, you came to the right place today. I know you got some crabs in that bucket that's trying to hold you back. But today, God's going to break you free from that thing. I said, he's going to break you free from that. What's this? What's this? <laughs> these critics, say critics. Because they looked at these boys and said, well, you trying to, you think you better than us? Oh, you think you something? You going to church now? Oh, you think you something? You tithing now? You, oh, you serving now? You something? Well, remember when we was out at the club? Y'all look at him and say, I sure do. Wasn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> say critics. critics. <laughs> they got critics, y'all. And, and in fact, these critics come up with a scheme to try to eliminate these young men. Daniel, you'll know the scheme they tried to use with Daniel because they used the lion's den. But the other three boys had to deal with a fiery furnace. Say a furnace. So we're going to dive into the storm. We're going to dive real quick. But but before we dive into it, you need to know this. Here's the second point. God makes you a promise before this valley shows up. God makes you a promise before this valley shows up. Bishop, what do you mean? Isaiah 43, 2. They'll put it on the screens for you. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Check it out, because these boys had to go through the fire. It says, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. 
So check this out. I wonder if the Hebrew boys knew that, and that's why they weren't scared of the fire. Yeah. Look at the verse. It says, it says this. It says, when you walk through the fire, not die in it, not burn from it. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not dying from this. You're not dying from this. Look at the other one and say, this is not going to take you out. Tell them. When you walk through the fire, uh, see, see, that, that's a good place to shout. Y'all just, I got to teach you better. Okay. Bishop, why am I shouting? Because some of you thought you were going out like that. Some of you thought that the pain you were in now is how your life was going to end. But I got a message for you. If you don't hear nothing else I say, you're walking through the fire, not dying in it. And the book says when you go through the fire, don't trip because you ain't going to get burned. And that flame is not going to scorch you. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm walking through this thing. Third point for my note takers. At first, this valley may seem unfair. How many folks you ever had something happen in life? You're like, this is not fair. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to be honest with me today. <laughs> let me ask it again. How many, let me ask it differently though. How many of you ever went through something and you thought God was being unfair? Come on, let's be honest. Come on, you ain't got to play church up in here. This is not down the street. You can be real. This ain't up the corner, around the way. This is harvest. Touch your neighbor and say, so be real. <laughs> say, it seems unfair. God, why is this happening to me? These three boys had made the decision to better themselves, and now they're going through a valley for it. You ever wonder why when you really get serious about God, why sometimes stuff gets thrown at you, and you're like, where did this come from? When I was halfway doing the God thing, it seemed like, you know, but then when I got serious, you ever wonder that? At first, the valley can seem unfair. So here's what happens. King Nebuchadnezzar, he builds a gold statue of himself and said that whenever music plays, everybody had to bow down and worship him. And if you didn't, you could be thrown into the furnace. Now, check this out. You say, well, that's no big deal because the Babylonian kings, they saw themselves as gods and, and, and just means as deity, as source. Now, now, here's the trip. The king didn't have that rule until the critics went to the king and said, create this rule because we know we can trip up these boys with that rule. They created a policy that they knew was going to create issues for these people. Maybe you've had this experience at your job where nobody said nothing about nothing until you started reading your Bible on your job. And then all of a sudden, now they got new policies. And you're like, well, where did this here policy come from? This wasn't no policy. Well, where did this come from? Now, they get to wear their stuff on their chest. Why I got to put mine up under my shirt? And they get to talk their Muslim talk. Why I can't talk about Jesus? And they get to talk they who shot John. Well, why can't I talk about who crucified Jesus? But it got up again. But what? What's this? What's this? So they create this policy. They're critics. Say they're critics. I'm going to help you with your critics today. I'm going to help you with your critics. Because remember, the valley of decision is where God says, I'm sick of your critics, so I'm going to take them out. <laughs> Warned you. What's this? Uh, what's this? Most people miss the part of the story that these three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, would have been just fine except they were accused by the Chaldeans. Those were their critics. The name of their critics was the Chaldeans. Say the Chaldeans. Chaldeans. Now somebody said, Bishop, I don't need to know all that. Just, 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 just tell me. No, but you do because you need to know what they were. They were Semites. Now, Bishop, what is a Semite? A person of Hebrew origin. You could safely assume that they were Jews. So the question is, why are they tripping with other Jews? 
They had something different about them, though. They were Jews who were learned in the practices of witchcraft and the occult. You said, Bishop, what does this have to do with me today? I'm not a Jew. I don't know nothing about no Chaldeans. I don't, I don't even know who that is. Is that Chris's cousin? Who is that? I don't even know who you're talking about. Let me make it a modern view. They're crazy Christians who do evil in the name of God. They do evil against you and call it God. They think they're on some kind of righteous crusade to teach you a lesson, not understanding that they've come against the wrong person. And so these Chaldeans were tripping with folk that they should have been supporting. Anybody know some crazy Christians? Come on, you can be honest. I know some of them. That's why I didn't want to be a pastor, because I knew some of them. These crazy, just crazy as heaven and hell mixed together with more hell and heaven. Third Sunday, so I'm going to be good. They were crazy, modern view Christians who did evil in the name of the Lord. I'm lying on you because I'm going to teach you a lesson. <laughs> You're going to mess around and you, 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 your, your mouth has written a check. Ooh, that God's going to cash. He's going to cash it. He's going to cash it. Bishop, what are you doing? I'm making an apostolic decree. That's what I'm doing. Crazy spiritual people who did evil in the name of God. Now check this out. He said, Bishop, what's the deal with that? So they come up with this new policy. They go to the king and say, oh, king, you should make it so that when the music plays, people that don't bow down and worship you, that they that they have to, uh, they, they, they're going to be thrown into the furnace. The king's like, I like that. King wasn't even thinking about that until they started something. King wasn't thinking about that until a complaint was filed with the king. And then all of a sudden, the king's like, I think I like that. 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 And, and, and then all of a sudden, the music plays. And guess who doesn't bow down and worship? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Now, now check this out. So the king gets angry because the child, his critics say, see, he's not bowing down. So the king is like, what? And they're like, for real? And the king is like, uh-uh, go get him. Now check this out. They were leaders in the government because they were men of excellence. So they got promoted in a government even though the government was against them. Check this out. So the king gets angry. Say angry. Now, it was a bad thing to get the king angry in those days because the king had no restraint. So if he just decided, just off with his head. They just cut your head and keep eating dinner. I mean, you know, I mean, you know people say, you know, <laughs> different things. But, 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 but the king could just decide that he had a bad day. Years ago, in, in the nation of Britain and England and all that, uh, the, the king decided that he wanted a divorce and, um, because he just got tired of his wife. And he was like, ah, I'm over it. And, and, and so he went to the pope and, the, and he said, listen, uh, Holy Father, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with her. This just ain't working out. He said, well, what she do? I just, I'm the king and I just am over it. And so the pope was like, no, I ain't gonna, you had no divorce? No. So the king was like, well, I'm the king. So I'll start a new church. It's the Church of England. And you're not in charge anymore. And I'm the head of the church, which is why the concept when just a little history lesson for you, which is why when the first uh, uh, people came here from uh, the nation of England and, and all of that and exploration and all of that, the reason they came here was because, watch this, not because the church was involved with the government, but because the government involved itself with the church. 
So when the king made himself the head of the church, the people said, oh, no, this ain't going down. We're going to go somewhere else. We'll be pilgrims. Come on here, be a good class. Where we can go to another land where the government can't tell us what to do. The, the, the purpose of this ideology of the separation of church and state was not to, so that the state could run the church. It was so that the church could tell the state where to go and how to get there. And But the, church, the state couldn't get involved in the affairs of the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just, just so you get a good understanding. And by the way, that clause doesn't appear as it, uh, people suggested it appears in any of our documentation as a nation anyhow, but just so you get a good understanding of what they were attempting to do. They said, no, King, you don't get to run the church because you're crazy. And you're not spiritual. You're just power hungry. <laughs> just so we know. Okay. You still here? So the king gets angry. And so the king is like, so he brings him in. And so they're in, they're in the king's court. The king's probably on his throne or something. He's angry, though. He's, so he's probably getting up, walking around. You know how you do when you get mad. Let, let him say one more thing. This is, this is. And so the king is like, bring the band in. And then Kevin Eubanks and the Tonight Show band comes in, and they're, and they're playing. And the king is like, now look, now the band getting ready to play. And when the band plays, if you worship my image, good. And if not, you're going into the furnace. And then here's what the king says. And who's going to rescue you from me? Because I'm the king. I'm the government. I'm the king. Who's going to rescue you from me? And I like what, what, what the boys said because in Daniel 3.16, it records what they say because they're like, oh, really? Daniel 3.16 says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, watch this, I ain't even going to answer you. Put the verse up, 3.16. It says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They said, I'm not even giving you the, uh, the, the satisfaction of a conversation because you're crazy. When crazy comes, you need to cross the street. That's, that'll say you have the stress you're going through. You keep trying to have conversations with crazy and you just, uh, no, no, let me get over here because that's crazy. She, she crazy. I got to go across the street. Oh, she, no, he, uh, look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. Y'all still here? They said, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. And old king, he's going to deliver us from your hand. But I love these boys because these boys were doers. High five somebody say, I'm a doer. Because their faith started speaking, but then their faith got real bold. Look at verse 18. They said, but if he doesn't do it, even if he doesn't get me out of this, even if he doesn't make it so that they don't have to file the bankruptcy, even if he doesn't do it so you don't lose the house, even if he doesn't do it so you don't lose the job, you better know this, old king, I ain't serving your God. And I will not worship the golden image which you have set up. So in essence, they said, listen, do what you got to do because I'm going to do what I got to do. You handle yours, I'm going to handle mine. Look at this. So the fire for them becomes the valley of decision. The fire was suffering. Now check this out. Say suffering. suffering. Now, now suffering is when you're in the middle of something that you didn't start. But you're now asked to finish it. 
Anybody have been in the middle of that somewhere? You're like, I didn't even start this problem. And now I got to finish it. The fire for them was their valley of decision. Listen to this, y'all. They were doing their job. They were serving their God. And here comes haters trying to start something. You need to know people are going to live up to their job descriptions. Liars going to lie. Cheaters going to cheat. Haters going to hate. That's what they do. And the truth is, is their hate comes because they're mad that they've been excluded from your life. <laughs> so the king says, throw these boys in the fire. And then he says, and make it hotter than normal. He said, because I want this, I want them to remember this day. Make that fire hot. Turn it up. Make it real hot. Say hot. Now, just imagine, Colorado don't get real hot, but for those of you that are from, from the South, where it's not just hot, but it's humid. You, anybody know about that hot humid and the human hot to where you wake up, don't even need no lotion. It's just hot. You move to Denver, like, what is that and that, but lotion? What is lotion? I don't know nothing about that. What do you do with that? The king says, turn it up hotter. It got so hot that the men who were, watch this, the men who were escorting them into the furnace, it killed them. When they stood at the door trying to put them in the furnace. See, the stuff that has killed other folk and made other folk go crazy, you, you ought to just look and say, my God, it stopped them, it stopped them, it stopped them, but it didn't stop me. They go into the fire. Watch this, watch this. They go into the fire. So they're in the fire. And while they're in the fire, the king looks over. The king's like, wait a minute. He goes, he gets one of his, one of his servants. He's like, now come here. He said, now, uh, didn't we put three, three young men in there? Shadrach, Meshach, and the billy goat. He said, now, I have a bit of a problem here. Because when I count, uh, one, two, three, Who's the fourth? We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.